Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm Weirrunner. Also joining us is David. Hey, I'm Windrunner. And also we have Joshua. And I'm Jafu. <laughs> we didn't have enough entertaining people for the intro this no, time. No, no, yeah, we actually to, get it I, done I, I on time. I can blow my spaceship no. since we're talking about spaceships. I got a bridge floor mask. It's very comfortable. I have a star spring. So excited. There we did it. Wow. <laughs> uh, neat. Uh, so I'm Chaos, and what we're going to do today uh, is a reading from the release party for Rhythm of War. I believe. I was at work and you guys were all pinging me and like, dude, when are we going to do a podcast about this? <laughs> we had a careful, planned Rhythm of War schedule and Brandon just has to do a crazy reading. Uh, so this reading, uh, it'll be linked in the description in the comments if you have not read it. This is kind of a weird spoiler warning here. Six of the Dusk is far in the future and this has like Space Age Cosmere kind of spoilers like that if you're sensitive to that sort of thing this is probably not the episode for you uh we've yeah yeah like i don't consider myself to be spoiled by anything but if you don't want to know literally anything about what brandon's planning for the future of the cosmere this is not the podcast for you today right it's definitely illustrative of the end state of the cosmere yes and how certain factions are at play yes i don't feel like there's any direct spoilers but I, I i can see how there's a lot of like spoilers by implication that yeah when you see this here you, you can sort of draw a line to things that mm. maybe starts to spoil for you yeah calden doesn't pop up being like oh yeah we beat odium <laughs> don't worry about it hello <laughs> <laughs> but uh i obviously cosmere spoilers uh we might touch on rhythm of war stuff i don't know but i I think it'll be a yeah, little we will. bit. Well, yeah, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. But mostly general Cosmere stuff. So this reading is very much an unfinished draft. It's just the beginning of this. So Brandon said this this didn't even go through reading group. So a lot of these things can change and some contradictions exist. But there's a lot for us to pick apart, and we we absolutely do needed we did need to do a podcast. So sorry it took us a bit to get there. We kind of wanted to talk about rhythm of war more, uh, as the big thing. So go read it uh, below, then come back, and then we'll talk about it. Well, David, you're the mo- uh, the one who's most excited. So why don't you just lead us in? So I'll do a really quick summary, and then we'll kind of move through the interesting things that happened in a roughly chronological order. But, you know, we're going to hop around because this is pretty cool. This is Shardcast. The, yeah. <laughs> the the events of the story are more or less like five or six years after the events of Six of the Dusk. If you've read that, Dusk is watching a, a spaceship leave the landing platform carrying two Skadrian aliens that have basically come down and said, all right, your time is up. We are setting up a plant on Pachi to start running, you know, getting birds off this planet. We'll be back in a few months, like no more delays. So they're not super happy about that and are trying to figure out what to do. And then a radiant shows up 
Yeah. And says, hey, you don't have to join them. You can join us and we'll give you 1% of the birds back, which is technically a better deal. Join or die. And then he leaves. <laughs> join or die. Yeah, more or less. And then and then at the end, they more or less come to the conclusion that Six needs to go through that perpendicularity to try to find other allies in the Cosmere. So that's it's a, a, just probably like the prologue or the very first chapter of this story. What an awesome up- hook. Holy yeah, crap. But- I'm into this. Yeah. When he was reading it, I, I literally just couldn't believe the words that were coming out of his mouth. Like I was like, he's got to stop in a second here. Like he can't keep going. And he just kept reading. I was at work. I didn't get this experience yeah. of being I in chat. was in a voice chat with um Paleo. And we were just like, <laughs> we can't we couldn't believe that like he was doing this. And then Matt like popped into into the voice chat and said like Am I going insane right now? Like, is Brandon actually reading this? Yeah, yeah. If you don't know anything about me, I'm not the biggest Six of the Dusk fan, but I'm super into this story. This sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. And as Ian has told, uh, Six of the Dusk will be a better story with the sequel. So I'm in. I'm super in. This sounds awesome. Yeah. And as Brandon had mentioned that the theoretical Six of the Dusk sequel would involve dusk going into yeah shades he did the, say that. the cognitive realm yep. but actually seeing the setup for why that happens yes is yeah awesome yeah i mean we get to see skatrians and Richards. how awesome is that like and it's and it's pretty obvious which one's which too yes. like yeah so let's talk about the skatrians and we're not we're not gonna go like read the entire thing you, you, yeah you i don't think so yeah, we're not gonna do that we got too much blabber blabber to do. So just jumping off on things that are not quite canon yet. Uh, <laughs> the, it's a, the unfortunate fact is this scene revolves around them discovering that the ones above are human, <laughs> which is a fact they did know in Six of the Dusk. Maybe they forgot. actually had an ambassador who had died in front of them after choking to death on some food. So they do know that they're human. And there probably will have to be some sort of change to that. But... <laughs> Uh, the the AVR made them forget, like at the end of Fantastic Beasts. There's a bird there too, just, mm-hmm. and then people will just remember in the next movie for no apparent reason. Yep, that's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> World building, world building. But they're pretty clearly Scadrians because when they leave on their uh, ship, they're like, "Yo, we need a platform that's pure steel." So that indicates steel pushing. Good way to get lift. Well, so- mm-hmm. Sort of, except it's a little bit weird to me because I mean I don't know if it's some kind of like fabrial kind of like we start to see when in Era Two because you can't like I can't imagine somebody actually like a person using steel pushing to like launch themselves. Oh yeah, I don't think it's actually an Alamancer. I think I'm sure it's using that ability, but mechanically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I totally agree. Yeah, and I think they're probably still using that weight trick on the ship as well to probably lower the mass a little bit. Like, you wouldn't want it to be so light it's getting blown around like a kite. Yeah. But, like, yeah. they it sure makes options. it easier. Yeah. It sure makes it a lot easier to lift water and stuff into space if you can just lower the weight of the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. They have some weird helmets. Uh, their helmets retracted automatically but left stylized metal portions covering the side of the head, reaching out and covering the cheeks. From the look of the delicate metal, ribbed like ripples of waves, those portions didn't seem like armor, more like ornament. 
See, I'm like, are those are those modern medallions? Is that what that what this turns into? I thought this was an outgrowth of like the Southerners wearing masks. It could be. Huh. There's a there's a mask line later on too. Yes, which I there is. Oh, say. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, oh, and, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was interesting they were super pale. Like, I'm not sure if that means that like you know maybe they've just been in space for a long time. But I'm not like <laughs> maybe there's a lot of Skadrians in space now. It's like maybe more than on the planet. Yeah. Um. I think dusk and like the elikin islanders are darker skinned so i think yeah and a lot of caucasians are like caucasian so it's they they are just naturally paler than elikin though probably living in space doesn't help i don't think living in space helps the the southerners on scadri are supposed to be pretty pale particularly pale aren't they I, oh, God, I, think I don't so. remember. The ones that wear the masks all the time, probably. Right. That's, <laughs> you will. They're, they're not getting their face suffered. <laughs> I mean, obviously, these aren't wearing their masks all the time, though. So either yeah. that died away or they're not those people. It, when I first read the line about the helmets retracting for a minute, I was like, is this plate? Because they're like mentioning the metal. But then I'm like, it's obviously that it's not because we see plate later. But I was like, oh, that's interesting. I guess I guess it's just regular helmets not anything special like that yeah i skadriel is interesting because like rishar is supposed to be kind of like the magitech planet i think but skadriel is also doing magitech so i'm never sure how to much to interpret of what they do like being just like regular like earth kind of technology and how much i'm like well maybe a medallion or some sort of metallic arts thing is involved (sighs) i mean with this story it's clearly like these are two different magitech types and they're going to use them a lot presumably right mm-hmm. yeah the the metal on it is interesting because mm-hmm. that sort of assumes like in mistborn metal is inherently kind of a drawback to have on your body right yeah mm-hmm. but now maybe they just don't care <laughs> it is a funny it's, it's only ended up you know it's only a, like I was, I was just gonna say it's only a drawback if you're fighting other alamancers I right guess, so like yeah. if they're all feel like they're on the same team then which i don't know yeah it it is funny though like from era one where they were like we like you do not wear metal too they're just they've got it literally like permanently on their skin because i mean if it's touching them then they could potentially use it as metal mines you know like crazy things like that maybe it's an advantage to have metal that's like a bit invested versus like enemies like Mm -hmm. that would prevent Mm -hmm like lashings and stuff that maybe that like a modern sold. version of the you know like the uh tinfoil helmets they started wearing <laughs> i mean that's know? true though that is that's totally true they probably have a much more efficient way of doing that yeah and they have avr so like who knows maybe they've got an emotion manipulating avr here like there's clearly a lot of powers so yeah yeah, we we got. Which one of you said that it, it reminded you of medallions? You're saying you think that their their helmet itself is like a Fabrio. I, I think that the that the the facial ornamentation is what medallions perhaps could have turned into more or less. Like just kind of like it just seems like like you know like cybernetics almost is what it's kind of become, opposed from just those really like crude medallions Ooh. that they would have to hold against their skin. I mean, Brandon has mentioned wanting to write a cyberpunk Mistborn. So that's true. That's true. 
That is true. I don't, and then, then there's a line that Fair our enough. masters don't have infinite patience. I, I don't know about you. This just makes me think of Kelsier. I don't know. Uh, he's not very yeah. patient. No, he's <laughs> let's not. Be, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like if Mraes said that, our masters don't have infinite patience. You'd be like, yeah, okay, that, that yeah. I so don't. Is, oh, go ahead. This is go. kind of a hard conversation to get into. I think until we maybe until we get to the radiant at the end there. But one thing I would like to get yeah. to here is who are like who is heading these factions? Yes. Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. And can we assume that 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 these aliens are representative of all of Scadrial, or if, is it just like a, a you know a, a fraction? You know, is the radiant like representative? Does all of Rashar like support what this one that's true radiant is doing, mm-hmm. or is it just you know a group of them that are at opposition with some others? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of feeds into this question of who are these masters? Like, is it mm-hmm. is it Kelsier, right? Is it, um, do we want to do, we're doing Rhythm of War spoilers. Is it, yeah, yeah. you know, the ghost bloods that, that they're part of? Um, is it, are the, is it shards? Are the shards involved? Um, it, Cause it could be a single shard. It could be multiple, I mean, masters implies like more than one, but it, it could be like multiple shards that are allied together. I was going to say By, cra- kind of a crazy theory, but you could imagine that like, is there a chance that harmony gets split back into ruin and preservation and um, that they're to get, those are the masters. I don't know. I, after reading rhythm of war, I do think it is, there is a compelling argument for the ones above to be the ghost bloods because in rhythm of war, we see them trying to figure out how to make stormlight transportable. It's like, Ray's has the whole conversation about it's like it's the power like trying to f- solve the power problem and we we see in this book the ones above are supplying power to that's true first of the sun i like it could hmm. be i i don't think it's kelsier and the ghost bloods personally i think i don't mm-hmm. think kelsier if he's involved in my opinion this is based on nothing. Uh, <laughs> if, if Keltier is involved in Era 4, I think it's like maybe he's pulling strings on the Skadrian government, but I think he's not. I don't, I don't see Keltier becoming president of Skadrial either secretly or openly. Like, uh, I think he's probably yeah. going to be. The, the Ghostbloods, unless it's just a front organization, are too secret agent-y for me to think that they are heavily mm. involved in. Like, maybe they could be like have taken over the Skadrian government, but yeah. yeah. But th- but that goes back to my point. Like we don't know that that like these that these two aliens like represent Scadrial. Like I they're think... just the aliens that are there. Like they could easily just be like a. I don't, it, it is it is more upfront than what we've seen the Ghost Bloods do so far. Uh, but it's yeah. also like far future. Maybe they're in a different place now. I don't know. I, I would say that I think that these Scadrians are representative of at least a large block of Scadrians because like the Radiant references like ongoing expansion efforts yeah. and like multiple call mm-hmm. like. This is a this is a large Skadrian push doing something. Like, so while I think there might like be some detractor. Yeah, it sounds like an empire. And it sounds like the Skadrians versus Rasharns, which it got it's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. oh man. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing I was thinking of for the Masters was the Faceless Immortals, the other the new Trell Faceless Immortals. Oh, yeah. Which I don't yeah. think they took over. It's interesting that that might be another avatar of autonomy and they're going to a planet with an avatar of autonomy like i don't know how uh, i mean who, who knows how that's gonna work out like we have so many books until then so it's 
there's there's a lot of options there, right? Yeah, maybe they're mad and they're like, we're going to go down and find all of the avatars of autonomy because we're pretty pissed about Trell. Yeah. I mean, it could 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 autonomy have like kind of planted this, you know, Pat G and like everything, you know, way back whenever as, you know, seeing towards the future and seeing how this would be important one day. And now she's like back to like uh, make good on that investment. You know what I mean? I, like she she kind of seeded the AVR in the first place. And now she's like back to um, back to to take the AVR to whatever ends that she's working on. I think potentially I think that Pachi is very much pro first of the sun remaining independent my my yeah my my like thoughts of of autonomy are more that i think autonomy foresaw these coming expansion efforts and was like how do i equip these planets that don't have shards to not get so easily pushed around sure slash trell is she's like oh this one's getting out of hand i'm gonna see if i can snuff that out before they expand and then fail sure yeah so i i do like that idea but I think both of these could be valid. I think Patchy is pro first of the sun being independent. <laughs> Bavadin <laughs> is probably trying to like, yo, I invested in you. Now I'm coming to collect. Yeah, but I mean, it would make sense if the perpendicular because around the perpendicularity is just super dangerous. So it's like, yo, <laughs> don't go to this planet. Sh- screw off, right? Like, it, mm-hmm. it's that sort of thing. Hmm. Yeah, it is. And, like, it, it is implied to be some sort of test, isn't it? If we're assuming that that was the letter from Pachi in Oathbringer when they were saying, come to my waters, like, Pat, maybe it's not, like, really a test and it's more a metaphorical test, but. Yeah. Like, they were saying <laughs> that the function of the island was to be a test in some way. Oh, man. I Guys, I hope you listening are, like, we're we're deep in it right now, like so deep in <laughs> into this. I go I, to the letter. I just had to open my says. ebook of bands of mourning because uh, something like our masters don't have infinite patience is like absolutely something I could see someone under the set's faceless immortal saying. They don't say a line like that, but it does really feel like that. I yeah. don't know, like it really feels like they could, but. Okay. So to quote from the second letter in Oathbringer, uh, this is all we will say at this time. If you wish more, seek these waters in person and overcome the tests we have created. So it's definitely like there are, David's right, there's, there's some tests there. Yeah, but it's not necessarily just like getting to the perpendicularity or, or something. I, I, who knows exactly yeah. what the tests are? To like yeah. speak with Pachdi. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's there's just so much here that you almost can't even like, you know, start trying to unentangle like all the hanging threads. Well, yeah, because like we don't I I guess I would have thought they would have dealt with the whole trail stuff, right? But like I, who knows? We we have no idea how that presumably they're not well, presumably they're not annihilated, but who knows who's in charge over there, right? And I do want the shards to kind of take sides in this big struggle because that sounds awesome. Yeah, I think like at least some will for sure. You know, like there could always be those that are like, no, I'm not getting involved. But yeah, like. I mean, I feel like if you're doing this sort of stuff, you at least need a shard protecting your civilization from some other 
like jackass shard because mm-hmm. like another shard could just go over and just like ah no i'm just gonna nuke this place right so you kind of need some big guns backing up your space empire in some way unless all the shards are dead which i don't think is would be true I don't think so. And we even saw that with the Irie is that they were like, we need like we are exposed because we don't have a shard. Right. Yeah. That's covering That's a great right point. Now. That's a great point. I have imagined that the future of the Cosmere is very much like uh, shards kind of teaming off um, towards some end or another. Um, that sounds awesome. That said, uh, when I'm looking at, uh, at this quote again, the master's not having infinite patience, the whole like notion of like the contest of champions being like a good idea because odium has all the time in the world uh, makes me feel like the masters are not shards because yeah i would think that a shard would feel like they have infinite patience that's true Mm -hmm. that's a good point that's true but but odium didn't even end up having infinite patience because he couldn't wait to make that deal you know well like i think theoretically they could wait forever but sometimes they're forced to act in ways they'd rather not especially if like shards are clashing on a wide scale like yeah if you're stuck on roshar odium can be like i'll wait four thousand years for these suckers to be crappy and then i'll come back and and everything right like that was the whole point with the back of the way of kings right where Mm -hmm. like ah well just just let the humans destroy themselves it'll be fine Uh, and then i'll come back for the desolation but uh, like if you if you are like oh, this is a team-up of four shards against uh, my shards, you kind of don't have a lot of time, and you, you you need to be on, like, high alert all the time if you're the shard. I don't know. Yeah, if events are coming to a head, time starts becoming more important. Yeah. So, what's up with this uh, installation? There, There is the line, David, as you said, of no masks, no deception, which I, I really like that Southern Skadrian connection, because I kind of forgot. Uh mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's also interesting because they mentioned that they they could speak the language just as if they'd always been there, which like, yeah, okay, we plausible. We we know mm-hmm. that that is possible to do. Yeah, it was interesting because they actually used a device in the first one. They were they had like given them a translation device, and it was didn't seem to be as fluid. So I wasn't sure if that that was interesting that it seemed a little different in terms of their technology. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You mean like why didn't they just give them a coin? Yeah, you know, like maybe they didn't want to. They didn't want to do that, but it just seemed interesting that they could integrate it so fluidly, and instead they chose to make us. It is re- other device. It is reverse from what the medallions do, right? Because you, for the medallion, you have to the ones in era two, you have to be in the land of the people that you're trying to speak to, right? So to, for them to be in their land and read a foreign language is a little bit different. I don't know if that could be why. Does that, I, you track on that i like think alec so. had to use the connection medallion to be able to speak their language because they were in the north mm-hmm. my, my uh, but there's was, this whole scene where uh, marisi can't use the coin to speak in alec's native language sure mm-hmm. yeah my impression was that that was a limitation that would one day be overcome and that this was like a, mm-hmm. a 1.0 a version of the version as opposed to like dalinar's version which mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah but there's also like the fact that like the device was not just given them for the purpose of translating but it was kind of like there to lead them to kind of break the whole you know advance their technology so that they have an excuse to come and Mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah because it also needed to be able to give them the ability to find the birds 
So like that was it's possible they were just like, oh, well, you know, we made this this trap piece of machinery for them. Hmm. But but yeah, I thought it was interesting that they explicitly were like no masks, no deception, because to me, that does not bode well for the culture of mask wearers that they just that like wear masks all the time and probably don't associate them with deception. I think that's more like an outgrowth of like as they start to interact with like non-mask wearers they they understand how like other random people react to people who are wearing masks so it's probably like within like southern schedule they probably still wear masks because that is part of their culture but mm. when dealing with new people it's like we probably shouldn't wear scary masks when trying to make deals with them and wasn't taking off the mask like an intimacy thing too, actually? I just remembered that. Where they were like a leak like showed his face and he was like, I'm not supposed to take my mask off this often, but it was like kind of like he was being a little too flippant. So maybe they're saying like we're taking our masks off, like we're not deceiving you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think that was more the impression I got. Like gotcha. this is like a show of like like we are taking our masks off for you. Like you should trust us. Yeah, and and I mean, it it could be just as simple as that culture focused on masks. So, like, that word just, you would Mm -hmm. use metaphors involving masks more than, say, we would, right? Or Northerners Mm -hmm. would, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that it doesn't even necessarily, to me, mean that they are Southerners, uh, because I could see how, like, an idiom like that would work its way into the Northern Northern Skadrian culture after dealing with the Southerners. I agree. Mm -hmm. Just because yeah, my, my initial read was like, no, this is a northerner saying, like, don't be like those mask wearers, no masks, oh, no okay. deception. Yeah. But I, I think it's more just an idiom that they got from the southerners. And as I mean, I we don't know, but at least it's the trope in sci fi that it's like the entire planet is under one government eventually, and then they go mm-hmm. to other planets and things like that. And mm-hmm. it, it, I imagine. Southerners will use lots of metal-based idioms like the Northerners do and mm-hmm. like the curses that they use. It does make me think that they are that they are Scadrian, that they're not just like Alamancers from like somewhere mm-hmm. else somehow. Like it does, yeah. it seems like that's where they're from. And that that was intentional by Brandon to make that mass connection. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, what's up with Well, let, let, let's talk let's talk about the tech. Sack sees a vision of dusk being uh, being killed like apparently since the first six of the dusk novella Sack's visions aren't of immediate death they're of more nebulous and far future mm-hmm. possibilities which is very interesting mm-hmm. uh, one of so dusk is seeing this vision of his death one of the two aliens stood with their foot on dusk's skull the face smoldering as if burned by some terrible alien weapon. What did it mean? That reminded me immediately of how shard blades work, like a burning out the eyes, although it doesn't say the eyes are burned. So, mm-hmm. but that that's I, what it reminded me of. That's why I'm like, the is the, are the helmets the thing and the burned? Like, are these the shards? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 to I me, I just that. read it as like a typical, like kind of sci-fi energy weapon of some kind. I, the, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I always go like 
is it medallion tech or is it sci-fi tech? You know, because I'm like, is there a medallion power that could do some sort of like heat blast? Like, I'm like, could it be a weird brass oh, okay. mine thing? Sure. Like, yeah. Or, OK. Or is it literally burn them? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. I'm almost wondering, though, Shashara could make a shard blade in some form. Maybe the Skadrians have some way to replicate like, they're not shard blades, but they could still have effects like a shard blade, where, like, mm-hmm. ah, limb turns gray and, you know, your eyes burn when it cuts the mm-hmm. soul. Like, I think that's plausible. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think Brandon's just, in a definition that somewhat annoys me, has said that a shard blade is just in a, any sufficiently invested weapon. <laughs> uh, I mean, but uh, it's kind of true, though, right? Kind of. I just don't think if it cuts, it should be called a, sh- if it doesn't cut, it should be called a shard blade, but... That's just my, like, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, why are they called shards in the first place? <laughs> it's just a confusing for no reason, Brandon. Mm-hmm. It does feel to me like um, like it has to be, like, created in some way to be used as a weapon. Like, the thing that bothers me about the statement that any invested thing is, like, is a shard blade. Because, like, I, like if I can make a metal mind that's, like, out of a sword, like, it, does the sword all of a sudden, like, become a shard blade? I, I don't imagine that like a, a copper sword that's like you know packed full of memories all of a sudden like cuts through anything um mm-hmm. it's just a you know it's just a piece of copper that has has a lot of investiture in it i feel like you have to make design it in some way that it is intended to be used as a, as weapon, a weapon for it to have those properties yeah. yeah i mean the bands of mourning are a spearhead are would that be a shard blade i don't think so that was the context in which the question was asked oh really was like, are the bands of mourning a sharp blade and he's like they're not invested enough but okay but yeah my like my my comparison was always like you can put a lot of like energy in a battery but that doesn't make it a taser until you like make it into a taser <laughs> you know yeah. like <laughs> then they have uh they needed their their ship t- takes off doesn't leave any sound Thus, people didn't know what was up, but the ones above requested the launch pad to be made out of steel. So, I mean, that's probably just mechanical ways of lifting up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. really imagine there's a lot of Alamancers still, like regular Alamancers. I, I think that's going to be really rare, but the me- the mechanization of these things, mm-hmm. like all their ships probably have something like this and power sources and stuff right yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah unless there's for some reason like another infusion of preservation's power into humanity's bloodlines like you know there could be <laughs> I mean, yeah <laughs> harmony's in charge you can do lots of things that we just yeah. have no clue about right and then it said that the smaller ship would meet a larger one that's in orbit which is Interesting, just because, uh, look, it's not the lift that's the hard part of rocket science, it's the lateral part, so you're actually orbiting the planet. It's not the, I mean, you gotta turn yeah. eventually, so I don't know how they do that with this design. Yeah, and but... the platform's not gonna help with that. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. I don't know, whatever. It, it, I mean, it could be like a geostationary orbit, like way up there, and it's just like going all the way out. I... This is an early draft, I think. There's explanations. (laughs) I think this is an early draft, but... Yeah. I mean, their ship might have other means of, of like, propelling itself, like, once it's in in space. Um, Yeah. Like, it it can't just all be 
steel pushing, right? No, it can't. Well, because I mean, like, they'd have to find something to push off of for the big ship. You know, like, are they pushing yeah. off the core of the planet as they move around? Like, to to go Star Trek. Uh huh. It's the difference between like impulse versus warp engines. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, yeah. or like the thrusters to like do slight yeah, adjustments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is a good way to get a lot of lift quickly, but mm-hmm. you, when you're in space, you obviously probably have some other navigational thrusters and crap, mm-hmm. right? It's very weird how they mention our mathematicians, like on uh, first of the sun. Okay, sure. If our if the mathematicians are right, the orbital ships could reduce our grandest city to rubble with a casual shot or two. And they think that the ones above could wipe us out in a dozen more interesting waves. Waves, sorry. Uh, and waves. And waves, yeah. <laughs> like shooting into the ocean so waves wash away our infrastructure. So, I mean, it's not just Alamancy that's going on here. <laughs> like, they clearly have a lot of firepower and and stuff. Some gunboat boat diplomacy right there. Like, that's not a, that's not a peace ship that's in orbit above your planet. Well, I mean, the Enterprise in Star Trek uh, had a frickin' conference center, but is also a warship, <laughs> so it's like, those don't need to be mutually exclusive, David. I haven't seen too much Star Trek, but I mean, like, you know, if I was gonna show up and not freak these guys out, it wouldn't be an enormous ship that they can that they can see with their steam-level technology and go, oh man, that could blow us up easy. <laughs> I mean, Yeah. It's just really interesting going back watching Next Generation where they're like, yeah, we have all of these, the entire families, but also we go into combat all the time. <laughs> okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we got to talk about like why like the planet will come a farming station. Like everyone wants the birds so bad. Yeah. I, well, I was thinking more like farming station, like farm and food too. Like they, like they are oh, having- Oh, okay, like, sure. Like they yeah. need- because they're giving them nutrients that making they're making their farm oh, already true. more productive. True, true, true. Yes, but I do, I do think they're here for the birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, yeah. there is a wob about this. Yeah. Oh, is there? Okay. Because yeah, the the AVR are definitely they're not just novelties for whatever reason. Like I don't think there'd be this level of interest if it was just like, oh, you can kind of you can tell which way is north with this bird. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, they they probably can do that, but yeah, they're they're very interested in those birds. I mean, it's possible like they have genetic, not even genetic, but spiritual genetic editing capabilities. I mean, I guess okay. technically the Skadrians do have that, but where they could use AVR and like manipulate that to do all sorts of wacky effects. Maybe, I don't know. Well, all I'd have to do would be change the birds, right? Cause we know that the species of bird impacts what powers you get. So in theory, if you were like, if you knew what you were doing, you might be able to genetically engineer a bird that gave you whatever power you wanted. Yeah. There is one wob from the calamity Philadelphia signing. Oh boy. From, Andrew Sterling MacDonald. Uh-huh. Um, so there are many, according to the Six of the Dusk, there are many commonly known AVR talents. Can you give us a couple like examples we haven't seen yet? Um, Brandon, those are from the notes. I'd have to take them out. 
let's just say they'll be very useful for navigation in the future. Oh, navigation in particular, huh? Yeah, it's like a pirate bird on your sho- on your captain's shoulder in space, you know, and it's like <laughs> it's over there. Go. Yeah. Huh. What are they it, navigating to, though? I can't yeah. help. Uh, like, I don't want to get like into too many like skyward spoilers, but um, <laughs> there's a connection there that uh, makes me wonder if there's anything mm-hmm. similar going on. But also, like the democratization of investiture, because we might get into this later about like how does the AVR bond work? Because it yeah. seems just to be as like. They land on you and they give you powers, which is one of the easiest ways of getting an ability in the cosmic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. not oh, a lot of prereqs. Yeah, I wasn't confident that there was a real bond until we had that AVR and Rhythm of War that could feel where its owner had been. Oh, that's true. And I was like, oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like there is a connection that persists even from a distance. I, do we do we have a sense of like how long that I, I guess I was under the impression that it's not necessarily like an instant thing like the the bird has to bond with a human somehow and I, I assume that that takes normally it takes a little bit of time for the bird to like you make and, that kind of a bond yeah well in six of the dusk like um sack gives Vaffy powers like at one point sack like flies over to her and like she immediately sees dead bodies mm-hmm. true yeah, yeah true. but. Mm, that could just be a thing that Sack being invested has more agency and so can do that where like so True. if the bird chooses to do that then it's fine but yeah. to initially yeah. get that bond you might need to do the stuff of yeah oh yeah the the bird likes me and stuff I don't know but, but it, yeah. you're, you're right though that like, it can happen fast yeah. like if, yeah, if yeah. there's a will for that to happen mm-hmm yeah, it, it kind of seems like it wouldn't be any different than like talking through someone else's Sion. You know what I mean? Like if you were like, okay, like the Sion's going to do my conversation instead of, even though it's not bonded to me, like it's still giving you something, but it's, you know, a conscious agent in that interaction. God, Space Age Cosmere is going to be mm-hmm. so cool. I'm, yeah. I'm, am I just making up a wob where Brandon said he was very excited for Era 4? I don't know. Like I feel like that that is oh. something he has said at one point. I, in I time. think that well, yeah. I, I vaguely recall this, and I'm like, no kidding, sounds great. Yeah, I think that's why we got this because Brandon, like, it's like he can't even contain it. Like, he just wants to do the future stuff so bad. He's like, okay, I'm gonna have to show them something. Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever the, get this whole story because he was concerned it would be too spoilery for the future. He said 15 years. The uh, the weird thing to me about the birds is. Like, I'm I'm really curious what powers they have that like they can't reproduce with other magic yeah, systems, right, right? Exactly. Because like you have like all these like Rashar and Fabrials, you've got all these medallions and stuff they're doing on schedule that lets them apparently do like all sorts of crazy stuff. So like, what is it about the birds that you couldn't do before? Especially like, if you have the, shards on your side, like yeah, like like there's we just talked about like the ease of the bond, maybe you know, but like I mean a, a Fabrials. Plenty, Fabrials easier than a bird. You don't have to take care of the Fabrial and make sure it stays alive. Maybe simply you know approved I mean? Fabrials. You don't have to clean up its poop off your shoulder when it, you know, like uh, there's something yeah. that the birds can do that, like, that yeah. other people can't do with their magic, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ian? So, um, literally, the next wob in the search I did 
five minutes ago is from the Legion release party. Okay. Where um, Prince Dusty asked, like, you've talked about some of the correlation between AVR abilities and allomantic abilities. Are there any AVR abilities that are not related to allomancy? Or what are some of the other abilities we might see? Brandon, I'll raffle that mostly because I want to be free to pick and choose from my list as I canonize them. A lot of AVR abilities are cognitive type stuff, just from the way I built them so I can separate the magics. The whole Seeker Copper Cloud thing, a lot of AVR abilities are going to be riffs on that, where they are going to be riffs on glimpsing the spiritual a little bit. And you see a lot of that in Alamancy. There are abilities that they have that you won't see in Alamancy. The trick is Alamancy is so broad. And yeah, that's all that is about AVR. <laughs> yeah. That is so, interesting. Because uh-huh. the two new AVR that we got in this one are both what I would call not, maybe maybe one's cognitive, but there's one that lets someone see colors that other people can't see, which might be physical. Mm-hmm. And they have combat AVR with unspecified abilities. <laughs> I, I can't wait for the... Uh for the aliens in spacesuits and they just have like a little bird in plate and then it's like hey what's up i'm over here (laughs) (laughs) that's possible though you could have you could have the bird in plate too if you want it's easier to bring a bird onto a spaceship than a ricadium probably so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah good luck persuading that it's like oh man what what's the situation of the spread in the far future oh my god it's it's crazy but I, I, yeah. I wonder if, sorry, I wonder if there could be like, like birds that are like ATM, like, like allow you to, like, if the combat birds are, uh, well, I mean, see like someone who's attacking them. I mean, Sock is basically a- ATM and kind of, in a, yeah, like, kind sort of. of, yeah, but, but it's like more direct, like, like electro my Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basic yeah. principles acting there. Yeah. Or at I mean, least they so, were. Now it's cooler. It's definitely yeah. glimpsing into the spiritual. That's for sure. So the other, like the other thing that I was kind of curious about is the rules involving the ones above, because one of the main things in Six of the Dusk is they aren't allowed to trade with the humans on Six of the Dusk, or on First of the Sun, apparently by their own rules. And the trap in the end was trying to get them to use that technology that they had been given to advance themselves far enough that they'd be able to trade with them. And Vafi um, and company are kind of like, oh, we're not going to like one of the last lines in the story is we're not going to be taken in. Like we're going to we're going to figure this out. But then jump to six years later, they have traded with them an enormous amount of technology and resources and power supply. They've revolutionized their whole their whole planet. So what changed? Let me give you my thoughts on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so the way I read the ones above is that they have some kind of prime directive where they're yeah. not allowed to interact <laughs> with species with that are below a certain threshold technology level or at least they're not allowed to like give them certain types of technology without um until they're ready for it or whatever i don't think that they at the end of six of the dusk my reading of that was not that they decided like we're not going to deal with them uh because i the argument that they make at the end of that story is that if if they don't make a deal with the ones above then they're going to go to the the people on the mainland who are further advanced Mm. they're going to trade with them eventually right, yeah, and then yeah, they're yeah. going to come in and wipe out the, they're going to wipe out the home island home islanders home islanders whatever the home islanders um they're going to come and just take all their stuff and so vathi's her position is kind of like 
we're either going to get taken over by them or we need to, to be the ones that step up and do it ourselves. And so I think she's trying to kind of play this game of I have to make a deal with the devil so that we don't just get overrun mm-hmm. by the other people. Um, and so I, I think that they did continue to advance technologically to the point where the ones above are, are able to, to trade with them now. The oh, interesting okay. thing to me is who enforces that prime directive on the on the ones above? Like, what is it? To me, it reads like a shards. Yeah, that's shard, just what like I was thinking. Of a shard. Talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a crack theory. Okay. Ooh. Who in the Cosmere would have a vested interest in protecting planets that unless they want to be messed with? The slave Autonomy. Autonomy. Oh, okay. Because it's like, it's basically... The, the prime directive is giving planets the autonomy to like reach that level of technology be- without interference. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think I actually believe this, but it was a thematic parallel that True. makes sense, especially since autonomy is invested in first of the sun. It could, it could also be like this as we'll talk about with when the radiant shows up the it could be that whatever shards are in endgame roshar in harmony like they make a deal for peace and so maybe those shards are out of the picture which might be why they need avr so it's less the shards being in open combat because maybe that's dangerous for some reason right that they they don't want to I don't know, wound the spiritual realm more? I don't know. I'm t- this is total crack theory, right? Yeah. But there there could be some deal in place with the shards that prevent them from acting. But it is interesting how Vathi's like, there are rules in space that prevent them from simply conquering us. And I don't know, that it's it's either an internal Skadrian rule or it's like a rules of engagement with the Rosharans, like a Cold War-y thing in space. Yeah, they're there are two things that that makes me think. One is non-intervention. Always makes me think 17th shard. And yeah, I don't know if the 17th yeah. shard is going to eventually start doing stuff <laughs> aside from wa- wandering around the pure lake. But maybe at some point, one day, they will- one day our name <laughs> will be relevant. Yeah. Uh, and and the other thing that I was that it was a line from the first one. Vathi says specifically that the ones above hint that not everyone above follows their rules. Oh, okay. So there's okay. definitely factions that don't follow this prime directive. Mm-hmm. and that might just be rashar like yeah, rashar that literally could get, just be rashar to get them that up to a tech level like we were the high road those evil rosharans though they don't feel the same way that uh we do so you gotta watch out for those jerks or it could be neutral factions i don't know like where's cell in this you know like things like that i know because like, cell's a big yeah. planet they they got a lot of oh man mm-hmm. This is so exciting. You can't find their perpendicularity to get off because it's just too big a planet. <laughs> I guess they'd have the lake, though. So that's a, that's Yeah, yeah. So after the ones above leave, then, and we're like, oh, Skadrians. Then we immediately see a Radiant. And it is very obvious from the description of plate that's like ah yes the majestic sort of plate that you, it's all the description of plate that we usually sort of have and it's a spaceman radiant who apparently does not have any ship and just is like yeah i just came down here myself what's up and apparently 
the this radiant has their voice has an unnatural cast to it so well, i wonder what's up with that yeah i think rhythm like for it's a rhythm yeah. and i kind of think yeah. that maybe at the end of stormlight the humans are going to be speaking to the rhythms too so i'm not confident mm. it actually is a singer but i do um, think i kind of think it's a singer i i also got very like singer vibes especially since um Dusk also describes as th- this man being right. very, very tall, which yeah. Rosharns are taller than the Cosmere That's average true. because of low gravity. But I think it's a singer. Yeah, because it could easily be a singer in like war mm. form where it's like, all right, you're 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 pretty big or some some other fancy form, not even war mm. form. Right. Oh yeah, and like it's a, it's and it's also a singer skybreaker, which is awesome because it's not. Yeah. We're like, okay, the singers aren't just gonna be will shapers. Like I love the will shapers, but I like yeah, yeah. Be, and if it's true, I'd love to see them in other orders. And yeah, I I totally agree that this is a skybreaker because he's all about. Is it legal for me to do this? Fatty's like, uh, no, <laughs> it is not. <laughs> so really feels like a skybreaker radiant, and that is super cool. Uh, I love that. Uh, the alien says, uh, you only have one gem with which to bargain. Like, ah, uh, mm. oh, so great. <laughs> I love the idioms being in the far future that, ah, uh, it's so good. Yeah, I think one of the more, the things that stood out to me the most about this Radiant was how undalinar like this Radiant is. Like, yeah. It reminded me so much of when Dalinar was in Thalen City and he's like, is this supposed to be how it feels when the Radiants come to your city, join or die? And then this like this Radiant shows up and it's uh-huh. like, you will join us or you will be our enemy. There are no options. Yeah, it's not it's not super great, <laughs> admittedly. Yeah. The, to, um, I also get the sense that it's a singer. Um, there was also another line where she talks about, it says the other aliens might have looked human, but Dusk was certain that this alien was something frightful. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that was kind of Brandon, like a, that's just kind of like a writery cue that like, this is not a human, not a human. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And like, obviously the shard plate makes it look big and, and otherworldly from the first anyways. But I, to me, that's how that reads is that we're supposed to think this is a singer. And the yeah. fact that they're a singer, they m- might be using some kind of void light or something weird because they've got this purpley light. Yeah. Um, we haven't got to that yet. But yeah, then yeah. Um, it's a skybreaker, um, which <laughs> the skybreakers are aligned <laughs> with odium. That's true. That's, that's valid. And, from where we are right now. And so it, it, to me, it makes me wonder if it's not necessarily like this is like they're not representing all the radiance that they're like with a certain faction of radiance who are working for odium. Mm. Um, who odium is at this point who knows <laughs> if Teravangian has all three shards or something that's possible I don't know some crazy things like that I don't mm-hmm. know I, I, I do kind of want to talk about the light because the, it says armor of a futuristic cast smooth and bright with a soft violet blue glowing at the joints and the helmet has a arcane symbol uh, remind Dusk vaguely of a bird in flight. That does kind of sound like the Skybreaker logo in in a way. Like a couple of them know. look like wings, so it's tough yeah. to say. But it's, yeah. tough, it's tough to say. But it's like oh, I could believe that this is one of these glyphs. Sure. Uh, I mean, violet blue doesn't read a stormlight to me. That that definitely reads void light, right? 
So if I remember correctly, Brandon did stumble over this (laughs) description. (laughs) Speaking of light, you don't have it. It's violet a second spot further down, though, as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if like violet blue is like the exact phrasing of what it's meant to be. Agreed. Because violet blue made me think war light, honestly. Yeah, that's that's true. How did I but, think that we wouldn't talk about Rhythm of War in this? Yeah. Like, there's just that, no way. Why did I think this? Yeah. Yeah. Although I'm not sure, was Warlight Violet Blue or was it just like, I don't remember. It was blue black, like yeah. Void Light is purple black. Oh, you're right. So it's not blue. But violet. unlike Stormlight, which is blue white. Yeah, because Void Light's purple on black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely sounds like Void Light then. And I mean, like, maybe yeah. another sign that it's still a singer. It could be a fused. Dude, that'd it be awesome. Be that would be so cool if it was like a a fused that. I mean, we could have new fused. Like, that's that's a thing, too. It doesn't need to be one of these super mm-hmm. old fused. We could have newer fused and. Who could also- have sharp plate? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And I mean, like, here, let me just see. Choose cooperation, slavery, or death. Does that not sound like the fused? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's yeah. true. That's, 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 that is that's true. Maybe it's I, Dalinar. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mean? Oh, man. And it's like, I don't, I don't actually think this is a threat on the part of the Radiant. I think the Radiant is just how, like, like the way they see it, like these are the only options. And it was like, like either you work with us, like either like you are enslaved by the ones above, um, the ones above, or like you will die in the course of the battle over you. Or For you can sure. cooperate it, with us. It's just very utilitarian. Yeah. In a way that the radiance normally, at least most of the orders generally aren't. And so I wonder if it's just the skybreaker who's got kind of an attitude or if it's, if this is, <laughs> like the general feelings of the radiance <laughs> I, I think it's going to depend on the order like yeah because there are still a lot of orders we haven't delved that much on that so it's like there could be a faction of skybreakers whereas like this is very in line with them it does feel like a faction of them though that's like opposed to what the the knights radiant stand for mm-hmm. what, what the good knights radiant stand for yeah. You know what I mean? I have a hard time like thinking like like you said at the beginning, like, I have a hard time thinking like this is like the radiance, you know, in the vein of Dalinar, what he's trying to establish. Mm-hmm. I think he would he would be really disappointed if he saw this. Yeah, but you like Skybreakers in particular, they're probably of any radiant order can rationalize things really well and be like, mm-hmm. dude, the ones above are awful. They're doing lots of awful things, presumably, especially because this person says uh, your planet will become a farming station like many others. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, it's possible that this there's a group that, you know, like they could rationalize it like, no, we do want other people to have this journey, but they can't do it themselves. And mm. it, it's it's sort of like, I mean, Actually, what just occurred to me is it's almost like what a radiant would tell like a random village in the middle of a desolation who like maybe was mm-hmm. so remote that didn't know a radiant. It's like, dude, 
join us or you're gonna be killed by these other guys like come on right i I don't view this as like antithetical to what like the radiants are trying to do this guy just has terrible bedside manner it it is interesting that they're sending this radiant (laughs) it's like wow you're kind of a dick well i was just thinking (laughs) if either of these factions are representative of maybe being like not or or maybe not representative of their whole plants population i'd say it's probably this radiant because you know he showed up kind of on the sly he's not supposed to be there at least as far as the skadrians are aware so like right. maybe like Rashar's like, hey, we're not getting involved. That's Skadrian territory. We're not going to start a conflict. And there's a group that are like, oh, we're no, we're going to go get a message to him. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like hmm. that that that's plausible. And I also just imagine that because there's so many different orders and different spren, mm-hmm. and who knows what's going on with Void Binder the Fused and all this stuff, mm-hmm. there's lots of. I feel like it would be harder to unify all these different interests on Roshar. But, but and actually going back to like the glow being purple. Uh-huh. We should mention that in the prints of the order from the Way of Kings Leatherbound, mm-hmm. skybreakers do glow purplish. So yeah. It's I, how much we are yeah, going to consider those canon is up in the air. Yeah. I don't think it's something to be immediately discounted. Yeah. That's true. Personally, like I, I like Steve Argyle's art. I thought they were really awesome looking like mm-hmm. though. Those, those plates don't match the descriptions of the plate in the book, which is, it's fine. It's awesome. It doesn't have to, but I don't think I don't put any stock in the skybreakers being purple, but also contrary to that, there is also one line where, um, the the color of the purple being strangely inviting and it's like it doesn't match which void light is that does embody void light in my mind like it it inflames emotions and it's like draws you in Mm -hmm. oh another thing if it's void light maybe like in the future radiance just have access to more like they have access to being able to use various types of light a lot more easily. Yeah. And we know mm-hmm. void light doesn't drain away as quickly. Yeah. So if you're going to be in space, it might be the better mm-hmm. fuel for you if you were to yeah. decide. Yeah, it's really interesting mechanically. Like, because it's pretty clearly a radiant, but like using void light, oh, oh, I mean, that almost makes me wonder if it's like an enlightened high spren or something and that's common and so like in the vein of renarin and i I don't know how plate would work for the enlightened spren (laughs) like you need a bunch of corrupted spren to form plate i don't know but Mm -hmm. but actually speaking for why it's so obvious that this is a radiant and not just somebody who has plate uh we do see them summon their spread in yep. shard form yeah and it's, and really it's cool. a shard gun it's a shard gun they need to take out uh like a package uh a, a little mm-hmm. power supply and they shove it mm-hmm. into that for like additional power which oh my god that is so cool <laughs> like that's so cool mm-hmm. yeah and in my head i kind of think about it like the spren don't seem to like. I don't think you'd want to shoot your spren's energy out of the gun. Like, I think that would not be yeah. good for the spren. Mm-hmm. Right. And they don't seem to like 
you know, like they kind of lightly recharge Santa around, but they don't seem to give off a lot of investiture. So I feel like they have become the gun and they've put Stormlight or whatever else inside this power pack and that's what they fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially because like the, the spread is made of investiture, right? So you probably don't mm-hmm. want to be splitting that apart. That that seems bad, right? Because yeah. Brandon has said it, it's like, it's the projectiles that are the issue with creating like a shard gun or a shard bow. It's like, what what are you firing? Mm-hmm. I was kind yeah. of thinking like I wonder if if this is actually a hint back at the shard bow, like whatever that will end up being. Because yeah. I assume at some point one of our many archers that is inevitably on the path for radiance will have to get a shard bow. Yeah, whether it's cord or rock or whatever. Yeah, I mean you could. I mean they could just have like heavy metal. Well, I mean for a bow. Is there a line from? Oh, is there ahead. a line from Wendell about having to like bring your own string or something to like there is he kind of is like the bow yeah he kind of is like I think he might even say that like they've used shard bows in the past but he's like I don't know what you'd make the string out of like he doesn't seem uh, to be sure how sure, to do it okay well uh this is a very efficient way of doing it they they clearly have taught the spren the gun design and uh there you go you, you get a shard gun it's really cool <laughs> Mm-hmm. I do wonder if there, there's a particular like like a purpose for it because it it kind of feels like it could just be like this is cool. Uh, it's it's it. I mean, it's convenient that your gun can just appear out of nowhere. I guess like that's better than having to like pull it out of a holster or whatever. So well, like, especially if cool. you're traveling in space, right? Like yeah, but but I do like wonder like is there a, like a, a practical reason for the sprint to be your gun? Like does it? Yeah, Is like it what advantage for the ammunition to work? Yeah. Oh right, sure, sure, sure. Like, it goes back to like a bow. So like, it, my thoughts go back to a shard bow. Like, so if you could make it like your your sprint take the form to like have a bow, and but you're just like shooting regular arrows with it. Like, like what's Why? the point of that? Um, and yeah. so same thing for the gun. Like, is it just cool, or is there a, something practical that having that doing this matters for? Yeah, it might just be tradition, honestly. Like you know, like mm-hmm. if the Spren have always been the gun, like the weapons of the Radiance. Like you know, if you could make it out of, if you could make your gun out of anything, that'd be cool. But like also, if you're a Radiant, like oh yeah, you're gonna make it out of your Spren because that's what the Spren do. They're your weapon. You know, mm-hmm. it's also flexibility, right? Like you could probably uh, design a variety of different guns, right? That. Mm-hmm maybe you could have a spren artillery cannon or something and you just need a bigger power supply and mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. it's uh instead of a big rifle like you could maybe make it a small pistol for other things i don't know like there there's a lot of advantages you just need the right power supply i guess mm-hmm. i can't Which, break yeah i can't break know. ever <laughs> like you you never need to clean it like <laughs> well potentially i don't know and it's because the spren like does have control it's like you could have a like a pistol and a sniper rifle like powered by the same power supply because like they would have control over what that interface is yeah but like i i think what you're saying uh josh is like shard blades they have some very specific mechanics when they strike people and like what they do that are like that are special do these guns do these special things and or do the bows do special things and i would say uh the bow that's just shooting regular arrows i would say no uh 
I, I don't know why you'd do that yeah. then, but <laughs> would the gun, like if you're shot with this gun, would like your eyes burn? I right? think probably. I mean, like, kind of depends right. on the specifics on how the projectile mm-hmm. works and stuff. We're not really sure on the specifics of why shard blades do that anyway, mechanically. Like I have, I don't know. <laughs> it's just weird. Because the eyes are the window to the soul, Eric. Sure, sure. It, am I right there on what you were going for there, Josh? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wonder if it does anything special or if it. Yeah. To to the person you're trying to kill. I mean, does it make your bullet shoot faster? Does it make your bullet, uh, you know, like, sever somebody's soul somehow or or the energy, whatever mm-hmm. it is that it uses? I could see a plot. Um, it being plausible that they only Spren can make this sort of gun. Like you, you can't replicate it through mundane means. Well, it's not easily. So, like whatever projectile, whatever they're using for the energy source or for the projectile, like a mundane metal would would just like fall apart or something. Yeah, something along the lines. Or there's like the like inner like workings of that gun that transfer like this power support into a projectile is like mm. just can't be made out of like mundane materials like it there there's weird investiture shenanigans going on that like can't be replicated without a spren doing it and also like it presumably it's a very complex design that like you need things in a very specific shape could be really hard to manufacture maybe not impossible uh but maybe you could manufacture something like it but it would just be much harder than I don't know what you do to teach the spren to be in this shape uh, to do this. Presumably, there is some training involved for the spren. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's just going to be a progression because there is a thing with Syl in Rhythm of War where she's kind of like, I think there's a lot of things that we can do that we don't know because there was never time to figure it out. Yeah, true. Yeah. And so I think it'll just be a further exploration of the bond and the flexibility of what the spren can do. Yeah, the flexibility is super OP. Yeah. I think it should be possible to maybe make some more mundane guns. It's just uh, the Radiants probably have the easiest way of doing it. Yeah. And you're going to use that as your prototype every time for experimenting with new weapons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I mean, if you if the power source is investiture and you're conducting investiture through this gun, like, oh, wow, does that mean yeah. you need to use Razium to do that? Like, oh, does they have a kind of event? mechanically, yeah, maybe you yeah, might need like, that. It might be. It might be difficult with if you don't have mm. a ton of a god metal lying around. Mm. That's an interesting point of the conducting investiture. Yeah, unless your sprint has some odium in investiture in it, and it's uh, oh. got some built-in rhesium alloy in there. Well, I mean, technically, the blades have always been god metals. <laughs> technically, right? Like, if it's void light, that's plausible, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I also definitely think it's possible that this is some sort of corrupted, like, Void Knight or whatever, yeah. you know, like, that's fully on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's totally on the table. Uh, we we talked about this person being a Skybreaker, but, like, oh, what are your local laws regarding this? Uh, and mm-hmm. just super Skybreakery. It's so much easier for me to read the transcript rather than listen to Brandon talk about it because mm-hmm. I just miss things all the time like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the other little Risharan detail that I just loved was when he's offering him to give them back the birds and he's like, We'll allow you to fight alongside us if you wish to gain status and elevation. And that is just like yeah. the most boring thing ever. 
Like, yeah. Are you going to be elevated? That that really that felt a lot like Vorin, you know, the with the elevations and the battle for the tranquil halls. Like that's kind of what this is, the greater war. <laughs> I don't know, in a sense. Yeah. I think, I, I think yeah. that I think the singers use the same language, though. Um, it seems like Vinley, or maybe it's Raboniel talking to Vinley, talks about like being elevated at some point. Elevated to fused, um, I think that I think that's the phrasing yeah. she used about ah, no one else has been elevated to fused. Yeah. I think I don't know. That's just interesting. It, it's the Rosharans are so obvious. <laughs> like <laughs> the the ones above, Skadriel has less like to grasp on until we had like the giant metal plate that's like ah, it's any magical technology but these guys is like whoa okay you guys are definitely Rosharan 100 percent no question yeah and the line about like oh we'll give you one out of a hundred birds the number 10 by the way so more Rosharan uh detail but yeah i, I just i just don't know why they want the birds yeah they really want the birds. They really, really want the birds. I mean, it, it could be that like it seems more important than it really is. Like if it's these like big empires like off in space, like expanding and trying to like, you know, fight mm. for power with one another. You know, maybe there's like, you know, a dozen other planets where like similar stuff is going on. And it seems like a big deal here. But, you know, this is just like one more piece of yeah the it's still an advantage to the yeah, empire like, we're getting this story from the perspective of one of the elikin like the birds are their thing that it's obviously very important to them yeah but whereas like kite magic planet probably has like <laughs> people come in for their kite magic <laughs> and it's the biggest thing in the cosmere yeah yeah the, this the scene really uh chopped uh, it really jumped the shark when someone rode the kite down uh yeah. onto the planet <laughs> Whereas, like, it's very plausible, like, this is the third planet this Radiant has been to this week, and it's just, like, doesn't actually care anymore, because, like, there's, like, so many planets that are having this exact same problem. Yeah. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't seem, like, desperate, like, that for their, for the deal to happen. He's kind of, you know, like, we want this deal, you know, but if you're not going to join us, then... It's tough, it's it's your loss. (laughs) Like, (laughs) look, we're not going to force you, it's your own funeral. Or slavery. So then there's the line of that they will return in a month local time. Uh, mm-hmm. And like it makes sense for the Skadrians to have big ships in the sky because mm-hmm. we've always known that they'll, they'll have some sort of FTL. But like you're obviously not lashing yourself to new planets and stuff as a Radiant. Like that would still just take way too long. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. So I was wondering, like, how how do they actually what what is actually going on here? My my crack theory is I think he's probably gonna go somewhere and get pulled through a perpendicular by like an elf collar or something, and they'll just pluck him right out of space. Uh. And that was the easiest way for him to get close without, have, without having to come through the perpendicularity himself. Oh, dude. Yeah. You know what they could do? All the radiance could have like bases in the cognitive realm. Uh, like they could have fortresses in the land, like in the solid land, in the cognitive mm-hmm. realm, and then they're just like, mm-hmm. "This is our." It's it's their version of a space station. It's just in the cognitive realm, whereas the Skadrians mm-hmm. might do that in the physical. Oh man, that sounds sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm hesitant to rule out the possibility of the Rasharans having some kind of FTL travel to. I, 
they might. I mean, it all really depends on what, like, how Brandon feels like allowing them to break FTL because, like, <laughs> like there's no explanation. There's no like a real world explanation for that. You can't like use Alamancy to like physically overcome <laughs> the speed I, of light. I have like, a pitch. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Spiritual gravitation. Mm, oh jeez. I mean. Or cognitive gravitation, whatever the case may be. Sure. Bre- break the speed of light by changing the, changing the speed of light, this constant <laughs> the speed of light in your reference. You know. Man, I'm really digging this idea of uh, cognitive realm stations. And that's like, because they have the spren. So obviously, actually, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Transportation. Depending they have a surge how- to travel through space. Depending on how it works, I guess I'm just always hesitant to invoke trans. Like that's what I'm saying when I'm saying pull them through the perpendicularity. Mm-hmm. But like I always just hesitant to invoke like them teleporting someone to another planet when they can't even teleport around their planet yet. Like I guess I mean, we'll see it, how it goes. We do. I mean, we do have the Exodus from Ashen though, right? Like that happened. Brandon has kind of toyed with how that's happened, and I think what he settled on right was more of like an Oathgatey type thing i and think he hadn't you have oath gates that was right the way he was leaning yeah. dude could you just like build oath gates on other planets like yeah like why i mean i guess you probably could you just need to find the right friend to convince to make the device yeah. right yeah and like get them there but they're yeah, solving yeah, yeah. that problem already yeah but like if you if you're colonizing a new place uh, then like presumably you could just construct a new oath gate maybe yeah it probably I, take definitely... a crap load of stormlight or, or void light or whatever. Like, geez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely pro the idea though that the that the Rishar might have a stronger foothold in Shadesmar, and Skadriel might have a stronger one in the physical realm. That seems. I think that's very plausible. Yeah, because they have the spren. The radians have the spren, so like obviously that helps. Whereas Skadrians don't really have that much connection to the cognitive realm, really. Yeah. In in their abilities right oh yeah and yeah. we don't know much about the perpendicularity either so yeah. like that's there's only so many ways to get to the cognitive realm yeah right the radiance friend they know all about the cognitive realm it's very simple for them wow this this is such a this is so cool and just there's there's so many awesome possibilities like oh what what are cognitive anomalies like we could find out in space age uh stuff who knows there's there there's some other stuff at the end. Dusk wants to find allies through the cognitive realm. So why like who are they gonna find? Especially on foot in, <laughs> yeah. in the next in the next one month local time. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's this is true. That's valid. Yeah. My thought is like the only other major faction we know is the Irie. Is the only people that I am like who mm. might be in play who has their own interests. I think he's going to find a faction from Silverlight. Okay. Yeah, we have no idea how that operates, like what Mm -hmm. their political affiliations are in this struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Because in my mind, like I'm kind of picturing Silverlight as Cosmere Switzerland, where it's it's, it's it's like neutral. Neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, And like they could probably like enforce this is a protected planet. Like, don't mess mm. with them. Or this could be the start of something like that. Yeah, I wonder if, like, how well what's happening on First of the Sun is known 
beyond the Skadrians, you know? Like, are there other planets that would be like the UN and be like, oh, something bad's going on there, and they just don't know because they have no eyes on it, or? Yeah, I would... Yeah, because you can't get there by the usual way of perpendicularities, so... The Skadrians, uh, they obviously have their own FTL, and they will obviously give a very biased story. I imagine some Radiant would probably let other groups know of the Skadrian nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just kind of circling back a little bit. I, I like the, the whole idea of them having like this sort of cognitive like space station that's out up in orbit around the planet. Uh, because of the fact that now Dusk going through the perpendicular oh, into Shadesmore has yeah. a chance to like run into them while oh, he's out dude, there. Oh, dude, that'd be sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd mm-hmm. be super cool and plausible. Um, so I, I, I wonder mm. if there's like some like a couple of factions that might. I mean, we've seen the Irie have uh, had a fortress outside Skadriel, like out mm-hmm. basically in orbit around the the planet or the system or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wouldn't so. Yeah, I, I wonder if there's other groups that are out there and he might kind of bounce around between two or three until he like finds somebody who's willing to help. Um, Dusk has had her Dazian food, so. True. At some point. I mean, any place that has a perpendicularity in the cognitive realm, wouldn't you want to fortify that location? Like if, if you were thinking yeah. purely strategically, the perpendicularities are very important. So... Mm-hmm yeah you'd probably want some sort of fortification and defenses to that granted this perpendicularity is not especially useful generally but i imagine in space age i mean the rosharans could probably have a very good foothold there perhaps but Mm -hmm. the irie could also have a fortress and stuff Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think they'll be, like, occupying, like, the space around the other side of the perpendicularity, you know, but I definitely could see them, if Six happens to be, I keep calling him Six, he's Dusk, Yeah, like, like near the edge of where the The mass arbitrarily cuts off, you know, when you have to, you know, since the subastrals are weird, but he could already be near a boundary. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I wonder if his, like, supposedly his ability to, like, navigate through the dangerous portion of... Shades, like he's he's been trained by Padgy. Like he, he grew up in this dangerous world and supposedly he's going to kind of go through and he's going to be able to work his way through because he was he had the right training to be able to do that. Right. And he's going to he's going to work a way out of it. I wonder if like that knowledge makes him really valuable to some other group to be able to get in. And so he could like go in and make some deal with some other group um, that's favorable to them to, hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you access to the perpendicularity. So that you can just come directly to the planet. You don't have to do any of this, like build a fortress on the edge um, and you know fly down in the physical realm. You could just land right on the surface. You can come up right up on the surface of the planet, and maybe that's valuable. You know, and it, he's the one that's able to to be a guide to help them set that up. Yeah, um, I could totally see a faction that would be interested in getting involved, but doesn't have a way to get there. But if they mm. could get. If they if the Rasharn comes back and you know like the Irie are there, the Seventeen Charters are there, or people from Silverlight are there, what are they gonna do? It's interesting. I mean, they have a shard gun, so. Well, yeah. So it, presumably, there there's some third faction, right? Who is who's not able to compete with the other two, and so they're willing to make a deal that's like not super advantageous for them in terms of the AVR because they never had a shot at that in the first place. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now that they have a, a way to get directly onto the planet. 
They'll give us super. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that like it'll be it'll be a surprise for them when they when they come back and they're like, oh man, we've already been beaten here by a faction we didn't even think could get here. Yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. Fundamentally, change the dynamics of how things are going. Yeah, Uh, I think candidates sells top candidate. I think Mm because sellish magics are absurd and op in their own way. I guess the only other one I'd think could be maybe Taldane. I don't know. We we don't really know <laughs> what Darksiders could do at all. Uh, but they, you know, before autonomy messed with things and cut them off, like they were, they could be pretty advanced. So they could have all sorts of technology and stuff, perhaps. Absolutely. But like Elantrians are OP. Uh, yeah. You know. And they seem like another one... I don't think the Elantrians are going to build spaceships necessarily. You know, like that doesn't feel like something that they might end up be like. I could definitely see them being like, oh, well, we're a cognitive realm only group. But yeah, well, you know, we can come in. We can't fly in, but we can come in through Shadesmar. Yeah, that seems more plausible. Man, geez, the the Skadrians are terrifying because it it definitely could have developed where like certain groups monopolized cognitive realm travel. And so the Skadrians were like, well, hell, how do we do this? And then we're like, well, we'll just build spaceships. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. You can't. And yeah. So, so we might not get big space battles, which is a little unfortunate because I do kind of want big space battles between these I, societies. I think we'll get it. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely oh. going to have, cause like at one point, Skyward was going to be Cosmere, yeah. like that space. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we we will see Radiance cut their way into a Skadrian spaceship at some point. Oh, like that sounds awesome. <laughs> oh man, so cool. With their oh, bird. Yeah. With their no, bird. Go go into this area on their hull. Go there. <laughs> what else do we want to talk about? I do kind of want to talk about the this weird medallion. I don't know if it matters. Uh, but the fact that it's called a medallion in real <laughs> uh, makes me immediately suspicious. Just like when we see hmm, someone with a lot of rings, I'm like, well, I mean, I'm suspicious. Um, I, I, I don't think this is an, a unsealed metal mind. I think it's like like a uh, like a a big coin, not Medal of Honor, but yeah, yeah, like metal, a Nobel Peace Prize. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. In honor of 10th the Finder. 10th the Finder. I wonder what happened to that guy. Well, they think he died quick. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, the way it's written, I wouldn't be surprised if he like made his way through and he's like out there still alive somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, dude that, yeah. would be cool. that is totally a branded move to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about this character. And then <laughs> Dust goes into. <laughs> into the cognitive realm and eventually finds that because that, that's just mm-hmm. foreshadowing right yeah i like this i have one crack theory that i'm gonna just throw out there after having read uh six of the dusk again uh-huh mm-hmm. i i think pachi directly intervened to make some sort of change to sack and what he did and what he does for dusk mm-hmm. and i'm not even sure that the freak out of all the avr was necessarily them opening the machine like, I think that because right before Sock has his fit of visions, Six calls out and says, Father, what do I do? And oh. then there and nothing happens for a moment. And then all the AVR freak out and his and Sack's visions change. Hmm. 
And so I think like they, they they attribute that to the machine being open, but I could definitely see autonomy, you know, sitting there unable to see into the minds of mortals or Pachi and having some one of his literal priests cry out for instruction and then go, okay, I can help you. Huh. And I think Sokka is going to be important getting through, like obviously because mm-hmm. he, he is straightforwardly useful, but I think Sokka is going to be important getting through that perpendicularity. I mean, yeah. And not yeah. dying immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, this is more commentary, but I did really like that Sack's visions changed. Um, it actually reminded me of something from The Wheel of Time, where the character Nynaeve, like, one of her talents is, like, she can listen to the wind and know when a storm is coming. But, like, as she, like, leaves her home and it starts exploring the world, like, it starts, like, not working how, like, she thinks it's working because like she'll get this like sense that there is a storm coming but like it's clear skies mm. and it turns out like instead of being physical storms it's, it's like metaphorical storms hmm. cool i wonder i could totally see that being like a little bit of inspiration mm. in the back of his brain you know yeah i mean yeah there's some wheel of time influences in here one or two what mm-hmm. brandon liking wheel of time i don't know yeah, I don't remember the ending of Six of the Dusk, uh, the original. I didn't. We should probably do a podcast was, about that. Yeah. Well, we can. Oh, yeah. we could definitely talk about it again. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's huh. a long ways away, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is. We could. We got. We got a lot to talk about, and then we'll have Lost Metal to talk about. Yeah. It's like, oh my god. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be the three months before Lost Metal comes out. We'll circle back to this. Right. Yes. Yeah. When we can't talk about <laughs> misworn stuff. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah. Anyone have any final thoughts or like anything else? Um, that- there was one line I I saw. This is like Dusk talking with Vathy. Um, progress will come anyway. Dusk said. The dusk is past. Mm-hmm. This is the night. You will will presume to find a new dawn and do what you must to guide us there. Which is a callback to in Six of the Dusk novella, um, based off of um, Elikin naming schemes. It's like your birth order and the time of day you were born. Mm-hmm. But Six um, Dusk mentions that like his mother named him not for the time of day, but for the metaphorical is like, we are in the dusk of our Mm. people. Mm. So it's like the dusk has now passed. Like Mm -hmm. we are in the night. Right. So is that confirmation that six is going to find a dawn shard out there? If he's walking towards the dawn, (laughs) (laughs) sign me up. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's, let's just go right off. We'll go into the that, darkness off the rails instantly. Done. That's the advantage that he's going to find. He's not going <laughs> to find like some other ally. He's just going to find a dawn shard that enables them to like trump anything anybody else does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, and like Sack's ability gets like supercharged by the dawn shard or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he just makes no, the perfect no, move no. all the time. Yeah, Sack becomes the dawn shard. Oh, <laughs> there nailed we go. it! Nice, even better. And what if the AVR like turns into like a, a giant bird that they can ride? And so it's 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 like you know remember in Avatar, you know? Like like a like I don't a think dragon. The bird changed size. Look, like, look, with the, the bird- power of magic, you, anything is possible. Brandon's said that many times. It's just if it's plausible, not so much. So then you could have 
you know, the Rosharans, they're on their Lancerin. You have, uh, and then you have these guys on China. I don't know. Basically confirmed. Confirmed. Yep. For 2035 slash probably 2040. Oh, boy. 15, 15 years seems a little too short to oh me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to be old. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. We're going to be I old. Know. Yeah. Yeah. It, Josh, your kids can be on the podcast. <laughs> you could have a Joff Reed Skyward with his kids. Like, hey. Ooh, that's good YouTube content. I gotta say that this is this is solid YouTube content. Although, oh, yeah. will YouTube even? Who, who knows what we'll be doing in twenty years? I think things will go horribly wrong by then. But who knows? Wow, I don't have any other final thoughts other than that. I am so I'm very excited for this sequel novella. But that's mostly because I was always very interested in the ones above and Six of the Dusk and I did not get enough and now I get a lot. So I'm loving that. And just also, I just love this like imperialism thing with like the Skadrians versus the Rosharans. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. And how will autonomy act in those situations? Like what are the shards doing? I don't know. It's fun because there's so much we don't know yet. So we can just like we can just think about all the possibilities. Yeah. But yeah, I'm. I honestly was more excited about shattering than I was like future future stuff. And so now I'm pretty excited about the future stuff. Future stuff's gonna be sweet. With like Brandon saying, Hoyd's gonna be a main character. The sleepless are gonna be useful. Uh, in some ways, right? Like there, there's some other stuff too. I don't really remember the details. Uh, of what he's all said but i've i've got um a thought or two um one is i get, we kind of touched on this talking about like the whether or not the knights the knight radiant seems like he's like i don't know in line with the other radiants or not yeah one thing about this that's really so weird to me is that what we see is like in era four the scadrians and the rasharans at least to these people both feel like bad guys like they're antagonists sure. here yeah mm-hmm. and it makes me really wonder like where we're going in era four like it's i can't imagine the protagonists in like era four mistborn are like siding with one one of these groups or the other because they don't feel like g- i can't see like some protagonists that we're super that we're supposed to root for is like one of these people that's taking advantage of the smaller planets um so i'm really what? curious in era four where that's going well, I think in Era 4, we're probably going to find out why, like, the Scadrians need these planets. And we'll probably see, like, okay, it's not as simple as, like, the, the Scadrians are just greedy. It's like, there is a reason. Mm-hmm. And it's it's going to be much more gray, morally gray. Uh, it's like, from, like, the Elikan perspective, like, this is a very bad thing. Yeah. But, like, it is being done for good reason Mm -hmm. yeah i also i kind of just don't know if we really understand a lot about what that sci-fi era is going to be like there's a part of me that thinks like brandon might like there could be rasharan primary characters as well like i'm not 100 Mm percent confident that we're not gonna it's gonna be an all mistborn skidrian cast yeah Yeah. i i think i mean since it's the end of the cosmere i think we're gonna Mm -hmm. brandon likes doing multiple viewpoints he's not gonna limit himself to just skidrians right but also, like, Hoyd is a main character. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and maybe like Chris and like where like everything comes together and our world mm-hmm. hoppers were going to because the whole point is the hidden epic, right? That ah, we get 
we have these tiny clues, but we, Brandon has kind of implicitly promised, no, 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 we will eventually learn all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And so that, oh man, there's, there's so much, who knows what that plot's going to be. I kind of think part of it's going to be finding Yolan, but I don't know. Uh, but who knows what the plot is? I mean, did we come up on an earlier podcast like that the Skadrians are gonna like beat Trell, but then we're like, nah, we have to like expand and like defeat autonomy or something? I think I said this? that earlier this episode. Yeah, no, but we, we I think we talked about this podcast. before in the in another show as well. But mm-hmm. like that is very plausible and like fighting yeah. shards. I also feel obligated, I guess, to. There's a lot of parallels here with what we're seeing in future in Air Force stuff with Odium's whole thing about the greater war of the surges. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Like sh- foreshadowing like this bigger Cosmere struggle that's going on. And I, I can't help but wonder like how that fits in because it, it must. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is the greater war, isn't it? Like, isn't yeah. it? What else are we going to do it? Like, I don't, I can't imagine a greater war. So, well, yeah. And I want to know what the shards it, are doing. Yeah. It just, it just makes me want to connect the dots with whatever's happening on Roshar now. And how does it get to this? I don't know. Because he, he says, like, when other planets discover the power of the surges. So is it like, is yeah. it a threat? Like, they're like, we need to take out the surges. Do they want to seize some of the power from Roshar for themselves? Like, that's kind of what. Yeah. What, what the hell does that mean to be involved in? <sighs> yeah. I I, yeah, I don't even know what that means. Twenty years. Yeah. Uh, It'll, hey, the first ten went pretty quick for me. That's true. That's true. It's yeah. And honestly, the this last decade, like going from twenty ten on, we mm-hmm. had some slowdowns due to Wheel of Time and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, be honest. Do you really want to get to twenty years in the future that fast? I want Brandon to do it right. I want him to set up the breadcrumbs and I just don't want I don't want the Dragon Steel prequels. Prequels are always super hard to do well, right? Like I want that to be cool and we need the end of the Cosmere to be really cool. Way cooler I, than Dragon Steel. So, eh. I I like that Dragon Steel's a trilogy now because I feel like it'll be easy. Like when it was a seven book series, I was like, "There's gonna be another seven book series that's gonna <laughs> like like three books feels like you can you can tell a tight story and it's if it's gonna be a first person Hoyd like he is at various times said so. I think that'll be pretty fun. But yeah, yeah, I I don't know, but like I generally have faith in Brandon's Cosmere outlines that they end pretty good. But I think as we were talking, David, Brandon hasn't done very many endings, really. Yeah, He's done a I lot know. more starts than endings. But yeah. that said, I haven't had any issue with Stormlight endings. Uh, no. I just worry about series endings. Like, I, I like endings. the end of Mistborn, and that's the only Cosmere series he's ever finished. So, but he did, he did, I mean, he did finish the Wheel of Time series, which I guess it wasn't quite the same where he's like the one setting it up, but he did a fantastic job finishing that one. Oh, yeah. I just didn't read that. that That's like no data for me, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's, there's always people who are going to disagree, like who who didn't like it, but I think uh, on the whole, I think that most people are really pleased with what he did. That's good to hear. Yeah. I just didn't like, I didn't like the end of Calamity at all. (laughs) I'm kind of of souring on Skyward, so I'm like, uh oh. 
but mm-hmm. you know, I've got faith. I like I like his Cosmere stuff. I almost always do. So, and I, I mean, cool. it, these are probably the things that he's been thinking about for a long time, and so he probably has like a really killer Cosmere endgame that's gonna be really cool. That's why he's setting up all this stuff. Uh, but you know, I worry. I always worry. But at the very least. We know the Radiants are not getting extinguished. Maybe they're changing, changing in some way. Void light, I don't know. But they're not all extinguished. Maybe, I mean, it, it is possible that maybe they're all serving Odeon. <laughs> That'd be kind of a bummer Stormlight ending. But by the time we're uh, done with Stormlight, we'll probably have a lot clearer sort of path towards yeah Mistborn Era 4, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just Odium's not going away. You know, like, they could splinter him, they can give him a different vessel, but, like, his power is going to be there and it's going to be causing trouble no matter what. So we're just really not going to Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, we hope you had fun. Well, you know what we got to do next? We got to do, who's that Cosmere character? This character is from Roshar. Menace. Yeah, Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere character? Caw. All right, you guys know the game. You send an email to WTCC at 17shard.com with five clues and a character that corresponds with those clues. And we we read the clues aloud, and they each get a chance to guess, and they need to guess who's that Cosmere character. And Ian usually wins, but there you go. <laughs> that seed victory already. I don't know if that spreadsheet's been updated in a long time. I, I don't think it up. has. Yeah. It's kind of a lot of work. Hmm. All right. So this first one is from Kalox Breath on the forum. Uh, clue one. This character is not from Roshar. Dang, we got that that username, and I was like, oh, I bet it's a Rasharan character. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I am going it. to guess Eodle. It is not Eodle. Uh, Kelsier. <laughs> it is Kelsier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we go. Now Ian can't win both. <laughs> yes. Nailed it. <laughs> that so if you're sending these in, you, that's the thing you got to worry about when you're giving main characters because those are things that we guess uh, just randomly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clue two: This character appeared in Era Two. Clue three: This character almost gets shot. Clue four: This character has blonde hair, and clue five: This character dies. Kelsey almost gets shot. Yeah, I don't know about that. When did he get with shot? With an arrow. With an arrow, maybe. Or um, a coin. With a coin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They coin. are called coin shots. Tough to argue that one. I <laughs> know. It's, it's, it's in the name. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Wait. I just needed to read a little further. Chris almost shoots him in secret history. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for uh, explaining that. That is, that is, that is useful. That's a far better. That's a far better reference than what I thought. <laughs> like I just needed to read on, and uh, I, I like how it, you also included that uh, Waxy's Kelsier with the at the end of bands. Like, yeah, we know. Uh, we remember I actually that. forgot that too for a second. So I was like, he wasn't in bands. Oh really? You forgot that? I, 
I well, I was like thinking about being present. Like, oh, if you want, sure, me, to, sure, if you sure, want sure. me to do like my pedantic cast, I'm like, well, is <laughs> viewing a memory, like, no, but it counts. But yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is from Lightwing eight eight eight, and uh, they listed the character first, which is very dangerous because that means I just want to say the character's name, which is that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Clue one. Ooh, I like this one. This character is a teacher. Um, six to the dusk. It is not dusk. Say said. It is not say said. A teacher. A teacher. Yeah, that's why I like this clue because it's not like usually we have like combat abilities like stated, you know, mm-hmm. and this is like a property of someone that's like, oh, okay, it's a little, a little different. It's probably not Kelsier. He he did. I teach mean, ben. yeah, he did. He me, did yeah, Kelsier. He's not Kelsier. <laughs> Clue two. Uh, this character is married. Married teacher. Yeah. I'm In. changing the order of these. Kaiine. It's not Kaiine. You made go. me um, say that. You're going to die yeah. for the insolence. <laughs> um, Deora. No. Because <laughs> I was going to guess Kaiine. Sereni. It is not strange. Well, we just like we like let's name all the married people on South. She she teaches uh, fencing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Clue three: This character doesn't go by their birth name. Vasher? No, it's not Vasher. Okay. So teacher married with an alias or doesn't go by their birth name? Yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Bash, bash, yeah, bash, that's a good guess. That's a good guess. Mm-hmm. I like that. He can't go by his birth name. <laughs> it know it. That's true. That's true. And mm-hmm. technically is, 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 was, like, uh, you know, that fits for being married. He was married for a bit. Technically. In the spiritual realm, he is still married to her. Technically, uh, that investiture is just in Nightblood now. But I guess he lost Nightblood, so. Like the the investor Shashara had. Right? Technically, they never got divorced, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll guess uh, silence. It is not silence. Ooh, that is a that's a cool guess, though. These are good guesses. I like this. I did totally change the order of these clues, though. By the way, that's that's mm-hmm. fine. Hmm, I'm like stumped. I can't even think of anybody right now. Wait, okay, teacher, teacher, married, married. What was the most recent one? Doesn't go by their birth name. Doesn't go by that. That's such a. Okay, now I'm now I need to guess something, so I'm not playing this out. I'm gonna guess uh, Yaddle just because she could be married. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Yaddle. Damn. Clue four. This character can change their appearance. This feels like it should be a giveaway now. Galadon. It's not Galadon. Damn. Okay, I felt pretty good about that one. Yeah. Okay. Because he is married. Well, didn't... Siri. It, it is bad. Siri. Ooh. Yeah. I moved the can change appearance to clue to later. Uh, the last clue <laughs> is very fun. Actually, this character is a vessel, capital V, which I, <laughs> oh, I like. That is clever. That, that is clever. Maybe I should have mm-hmm. said that one sooner, but give appear. Can change appearance. That was clue two, and I'm like, that can't be clue two. That's that's too obvious. Yeah, that's um, a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, because it's totally 
correct to save vessel, but it's just a totally different meaning than what we usually do. So yeah, I, I would know. narrow it down a lot because we don't know very many vessels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I yeah, was I like, know. yeah, that should be clue five. I always wonder if that was Brandon like trying to foreshadow something or if he was just like, oh, I, I just the think he twice. doesn't know the terminology all the time. And he's like, eh, I don't know. Well, I, I think I don't think there is actually any foreshadowing there is retroactive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because at one point, like he didn't even want to come up with the term for that. No, I, I mean, more like he was thinking about that concept and he used that word before he'd even come up with a canonized name for it. But he, I just know he likes to like tease things in Warbreaker, like all the command stuff, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> that's, a lot, there's like that's a true. lot of fundamental Cosmere stuff in Warbreaker. That's the so first thing that like, they say invested, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so That's where it is. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, well, shorter episode. I'm okay with that as editing these, but this was really cool. Uh, <laughs> you can go check this out on the forums. Uh, in there, there's a thread, and in Discord, there's also a an area kind of to talk about it. But it's it's weird. It's weird knowing far future stuff, right? But it's very cool. I'm yeah. if I was Brandon, I would be like, wow, these are the things that I'm thinking about of just being so awesome. I know. I wonder if he's like, man, I got six Stormlight books to write before I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure those have very exciting things. Cause what, oh, yeah. Did, didn't he say, was there a word of Brandon where he was like, oh, yeah, books five, eight, and ten are like really killer Stormlight books? I've if definitely I'm... heard the eight. I've heard the eight thing before. He likes yeah. to say Stormlight eight. Huh. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I do wonder if we'll get this sequel like earlier than he originally like would have preferred just because he's like really itching to to write it and he'll get to a point where he's just like eh, it's not that spoilery and he'll just <laughs> it's like Brandon really has no it. concept of what a spoiler is. Right. Well, <laughs> King's Prime is very uh spoilery. It's like, yeah, no, I'll give it with Kickstarter. Uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, or okay. it's like coming out and saying Vivenna is in Oathbringer, like six hours <sighs> before it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Like, or like, Brandon. oh yeah, well we'll have the can canon shard names before rhythm of war. Like, why? Why would you do this, Brandon? <laughs> stop! Just stop. But I get it though, because what you have such a lead time from when you've written that first draft to when people actually start to read it that you you do really want to blab. I know it's got to get weird when you're like, well, I wrote that two years ago. And they're like, well, it just came out last week, so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that is quite strange. Anyway, bossonseventychart.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you want. You can join us in Discord. The link's below. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can leave us a review on iTunes. And if you like our stuff, you can support us on Patreon if you want. And we'll see you all next time for something. I don't, I don't, know, it's I don't know when this episode's airing. Whatever. Bye. Peace. See ya. Ta!